welcome to The Near Memo, a weekly conversation about search, social, and commerce. What happened, why it matters, and the implications for local. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to The Near Memo with David, Mike, and Greg. And uh, today, this is going to be our final Near Memo of the year as we take a two-week break and then come back in the new year. And um, we are, this is the do-over version. We just uh, spent a lot of time giving brilliant insights and then the whole thing crashed. So we're going to try and do this in an accelerated uh, form. So we are talking today about the new Google SERP, the local SERP, the local pack, and reviews, uh, Yelp, uh, Yelp review survey, and then another survey about uh, Google local guides and their impact on Google local reviews. So with that, Mike Blumenthal, you're on. So uh, last week, Google rolled out a new local SERP for the desktop, not for mobile, which is more, uh, it's wider instead of longer. So the map has been moved to the right and it fills the whole screen of a 13 inch mobile screen, top to bottom, left to right. It's about 50% 50 bigger than the previous pack if you measure the pixels or 40% bigger. The map itself is about 150% bigger, although it's square, not rectangle. And the most visual and a lot more white space. And then there's bigger images on the left side of the pack rather than the right side of the pack. And those are also about 50%, big, 55% bigger than the previous images. So it's visually much more striking. These packs are available in slightly different variations. There's a transactional version for hotels that includes date of visit and type hotel. There's a sort of consumer version for retail and restaurants that has the image on the left and then specific filters at the top. There's a service pack type that includes no images, uh, for example, for lawyers and HVAC where it's just, but it includes links to the web and a click to call. And then there's a fourth pack type that Claire Carlisle noted, which is sort of an adventure travel, which includes website link and click to calls or directions and images, sort of a combo pack. Now, interestingly, these packs are not showing on longer tail queries. Like if you're searching not just a category, but a product, they show the old style pack, but they're showing the old style pack often with visual ads to the right and ads above it. So whether the old style pack on these longer tail product driven queries will go away is unclear to me. But as noted in some previous conversation, there aren't a lot of ads above these categorical packs at this point. Uh, whether that's going to change soon, we don't know. I should have grabbed my tinfoil hat in between recordings. Uh, but <laughs> I've got mine right here. <laughs> so anyways, uh, elaborate, David. Oh, uh, so yes, I'm uh, self-anointed president of the tinfoil hat society when it comes to uh, Google and monetizing local. Um, Mike, you've noticed that there are ads that are embedded in the packs themselves. Um, but I was noting that I, I had yet to see a SERP uh, with the new pack style with traditional Google ads above, uh, which almost every SERP that you see in the old pack style contains a, a set of at least three and usually four ads um, above the pack. And, and I think one of the reasons that I think all of us find the new, the new pack more visually appealing and, you know, easier to, to sort of grok at first glance and all of these things is just that it's less cluttered. There aren't the ads above it. Um, there aren't ads off to the right-hand side. There's no room for ads to appear 
uh, on the right-hand side with the, the new more horizontal layout. So um, I'm very curious to see how, you know, how this impacts uh, what ad units Google rolls out. I, it's possible that there's going to be a new, uh, a new ad unit to live, I won't say alongside, but likely above uh, this new style pack. I'm sure that they're going to be testing and testing and testing uh, to see you know, what engagement looks like, what users are clicking on. Um, they're not going to want to lose you know, 30% of their ad revenue, which is probably coming from local queries today. So um, I, I think it's an interesting rollout. Greg, you, know, you, you highlighted probably, uh, I would guess, episode 38 or so. Uh, we, we talked about the need for Google to yeah, yeah. radically overhaul the pack. So this is a pretty interesting uh, release. Um, Mike, you, you made a really imp important comment, I think, which is that the map now is square and not horizontal and that the, that that as the viewport for a re you know relevant set of businesses could have dramatic impacts on which businesses rank um, that depending on, how, you know, which direction you were from the uh, sort of categorical centroid, um, you know, you, you may be now uh, either inside or outside the, the, the new uh, viewport of the, the square map. A lot of chatter in the forums about ranking uh, changes and uh, also that the map might be zoomed in one level further, which would have a dramatic impact, obviously, on who could show or what could show. And as a note on the ad units, I did see on a search for bikes near me, the new the new local pack with a strip across the top carousel of the image ads across the top uh, that was full width of the screen. So it, they did, I have seen some uh in that context. I saw Immediate something like that too this morning. I, ha I hadn't seen it. Go ahead. Mike. Well, the, the question for me is given that they haven't pushed this new design all the way deep into the local results. In other words, longer tail local searches still showed the old design, but with more ads around them than was this three or four ads at the top and a visual on the right. And then the old style pack and the visual sort of butts up against the, the pack. The question for me is, will that old style go away on those product-driven longer tail searches or not? If so, when? If so, why? If so, is it? Or will it stay that way? In other words, they may be putting more ads in some mm -hmm. situations and less ads in others. Go ahead, Greg. So so one of the things that I, I, I wonder about, because one of the things I wonder about is the, the impact on LSAs, right? So... So, you know, LSAs were always the most prominent part of that page and the local pack was sort of less visually prominent versus versus the LSAs. And now if you've got professional services and then you've got LSAs on top, which we, you know, which I assume will will happen, how will how will the click throughs be? You know, will will those LSAs lose some of their sparkle and engagement because of the new of the new local pack? It'll be in interesting to see. Right. Yeah, so I just, Mike, I just Mike did, did a note search. that the professional service packs don't contain images, right? Right. So, uh, you wonder so, if so that you, may be you why. wonder if they if they would distract from the LSA click throughs. Uh, that that may be why. Counting on, yeah. Right, and that I just did a search. Lawyer, Los Angeles. There's an LSA at the top. Then there are three text ads, and then the new pack without images. So you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. This is what they are doing in that highly profitable vertical uh they're emphasizing the lsas yeah they're not the, gonna the pack is they're not screen. gonna risk jeopardizing the ad yep. right. right they're not they're below the fold right exactly right. so they're not so the very self-consciously they're not going to jeopardize their lucrative categories probably 
with right. with this new sort of more visually prominent pad. And, and I would assume you'll see the same so, thing in high uh, high value services, locksmiths and moving and all that stuff. Yep. Yep. So okay, let's let's move to to David's uh, topic, which is uh, a recent Yelp consumer survey about ads. Or excuse, <laughs> uh, ads on the brain about reviews, review, trust, and credibility. So David, tell tell us what uh, what that survey said. That's right. So this was a sponsored uh, survey uh, from Yelp. Uh, important to note that pretty much everything Yelp uh, touts is actually sponsored by them, including their focus on the user. Uh, research where they actually sponsored the Harvard researchers uh, uh, to, to kind of do that consumer survey. Sa- same kind of deal here. They hired a firm, I think, out of the UK to survey 1,500 consumers about their preferences uh, as they relate to reviews. And they found, uh, you know, n- not necessarily a surprising takeaway. Uh, 59% of consumers preferred medium length reviews between 16 and 50 words. Uh, 24% of consumers preferred short reviews, 15 words or less. Um, and only 14% of consumers preferred long reviews, uh, 51 uh, words or longer. Almost no one likes only star ratings. So I think the motivation here on Yelp's part was to say, hey, look, our reviews are better. Uh, Google's Google's showing way, way too many reviews that are star ratings only, many of which come from local guides, which you'll talk about uh, next, Greg. But um, that our reviews are better. It's a better user experience um, than than what Google is providing. And I think the survey for me just brought up a bunch of unanswered questions, which are, what is the word distribution of Yelp's reviews, um, both unfiltered reviews. So the reviews that show, in my experience, are actually tend to be longer than 50 words. The reviews that Yelp filters tend to actually be much closer to the under 15 or, you know, 16 to 30 uh, words. Uh, so to my mind, Yelp is actually showing reviews that 86% of consumers don't want to read. Um, and they're filtering reviews that 86% of, of consumers do want to read. Um, and then there's this, I, you know, the, they're trying to position Google as, as showing a whole bunch of reviews with only star ratings. And in my experience using Google, that's not typically what shows up front and center on the the business profile. In fact, Google goes to great lengths to show snippets from longer form reviews. Typically, users are not leaving tomes on Google the way that they are on Yelp. I would I would guess that, you know, the the vast majority of Google reviews actually fit in that 59% bucket um, that the the majority of consumers prefer. So I'd like to see a follow up to this study where Yelp actually reveals their own uh, review word count information and how well it aligns with this. Because I think they're they're trying to tell a story that isn't true of their own product and certainly doesn't seem to be true of Google's product. Yeah, I, I mean, I do think that people want, I, I think what people ultimately want is sort of trustworthy reviews, which the text does provide, you know, does provide some validation that this is a real human being as opposed to just the star ratings. I mean, years ago, Google had lots and lots of star ratings and no yes. text. And that has changed dramatically over time, obviously. And so I think, you know, and, and, and in some of the research that, that I did at Uberall, you know, 70, it's, you know, Google is number one, Yelp is number two, but it's a big gap. 70% of people, you know, rely on Google as their primary review source. And then Yelp is a much lower lower number. I mean, so I think Google has definitely lapped Yelp a couple of times and their their review volume is something like 10x probably what Yelp has. 
So, Just, um, and, and the survey also doesn't take into account the major shift that Mike has noted in his um, now PDF available at Near Media on Apple Maps uh, around how Apple is collecting structured information that consumers are clearly going to find valuable, but not in a you know not in a right. traditional sort of uh, expositional review, right? So that doesn't even the, the survey didn't even attempt to say, hey, do you prefer this or this uh, to consumers? And how can how can people get that PDF, David? Well, if you subscribe to <laughs> Near Media at nearmedia.co/slash/subscribe, you'll receive a link in your inbox uh, to the PDF of Mike's uh, really detailed and I think um, very, the, very the, mo excellent. the most detailed and the most uh, in, in like informational review of actionable information uh, review of, of the Apple Maps changes over the last year or so. Yes, and Mike, you wanted to say something before we got into self-promotion mode there. <laughs> well, I want to say in Yelp's credit, even though this is a sponsored uh, survey, they highlighted the fact that it was a sponsored survey. Google, on the other hand, often funds various groups, never That's mentions right. the funding, and the press that comes out of that is never annotated as funded by Google. So from a transparency point of view, I'd much rather know who's funding this <laughs> than not. And in Google's case, God, there's all sorts of stuff that goes on. Uh, the opposite of that. So, you know, it, we live in a capitalist society. So virtually everything a fair point. We, a fair point. we see is has an axe to grind financially. And it's nice to know who's grinding it. That's all. So um, for uh, my my item today, which will be the, the final one, uh, is a, a related piece of research from Sochi which looked at a million reviews, basically, 1.1 million, million reviews on Google, Google exclusively, and they were trying to answer a number of questions about review, review length, response rates, who, what the distribution of ratings was, and who was writing the reviews. And, and the primary finding uh, is that 62% of Google reviews across categories are written by Google local guides, and that they tend to be between four and five stars. The average, according to the research, was 4.14 stars. And so there's slightly, uh, they, they write fewer five-star reviews, but more four-star reviews. So there's there's not a big gap in terms of positive uh, ratings between the non-Google local guides and Google local guides. But Google local guides, and now there are something like in excess of 150 million globally, are driving the review volume for, uh, for Google reviews. Um, the other thing that was uh, really interesting to me and maybe the most interesting finding of all is that Google local guides are writing shorter reviews, significantly shorter is the way that the research characterized it. I don't remember what the word count difference was, but significantly shorter than reviews by non-Google local guides. And, and that was really interesting. And I chalk that up to the gamification, you know, the, the, the hierarchy of points and levels and rewards and incentives that Google is giving out that people are, you know, and Mike, you pointed this out in another piece that I linked to this week, is that Google has emphasized review qual quantity over quality. And I think that the whole system is set up to generate volume uh, and people are responding to it with, with shorter reviews, which doesn't invalidate them or say that they're um, inaccurate, but it's, it's just an interesting thing to see that people are writing lots of reviews to get to the next level, probably. I think that's I would, right. The uh, number, I, this isn't a necessarily a review comment, but the number of 
answers to questions that are left. Uh, the answers posted by local guides are call the business or I don't know or something that is, you know, to Google totally Q. adds you're zero value. You're talking Google Q&A. Google right? Q&A, exactly. Right. Um, the number of answers by guides that don't actually provide value is astronomical. And I think that has to be chalked up to gamification yep. of points for answering questions. I, I would Mike, go uh, ahead. Just the thought is that the high level th uh, report says 62%. And I would say, okay, big deal. If you breathe and can interact with a keyboard, you are a Google local guide. The question is, why is it only 62%? And basically, if you leave a review or you show any interest in Google Maps, Google then solicits you multiple times with offers of Becoming a guide is a very low barrier to entry. It's a very simple form. It, you basically check a box that says right. you agree, and you're a guide. Everybody is a guide. So the fact that the 62%, right. I mean, in some ways, it may show that number actually shows map utilization. Uh, if we know there's 150 million regular map users uh, in the, their local guides, then we can say, okay, there's 40% more users that don't use maps quite as much, right? So in some ways... It, it, it's a meaningless number because Google makes it so easy. And I think, one, we have to assume there's some benefit to Google. Two, that the incentives that they are providing do generate more information that they find more valuable. And three, gives them a better outcome in aggregate. So in some ways, you have to reverse this analysis and look at it. How does Google benefit from making it so easy to become a local guide? Well, one, one of the interesting things that the research doesn't answer, which would be good for them to follow up on, is where's the distribution of, of where's the concentration of reviews? Is it at the lower lower levels, one, two, three, or is it in the middle or at the higher levels? You know, what is the, what is the curve of, of review generation by Google Local Guide level? That would be really interesting to see and be a response in some sense to the point that you're making, Mike, that, right. you know, everybody who walks and breathes and looked at Google ever is a Google local guide. I'm, I'm a level five and I do nothing basically. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I've written a few reviews. I don't. It's level one requires you to agree to the terms of service, nothing else. Level two requires one photo and one review, your level two guide. I would suggest that the reason that non-guides reviews are longer is because these people are motivated either by an intense grievance or an intense love yep. and little else. Mm -hmm. They've, yep. you know, those are mm -hmm. going to be longer reviews. These are people that have been wronged. They're going to come and leave a review or people that have really been righted and they're going to leave a review. So I don't think it's, I think it's just an artifact of those people don't really care about reviewing on an ongoing well, basis. That's all. So one, one quick final point before we have to go about the research that was interesting. Um, you know, Places Scout did some research a couple of years ago where they looked at, I think it was 2.4 million, I may get it wrong, but it was in excess of 2 million uh, Google Google business profiles. And one of, the th one of the things they were looking at, it wasn't just about reviews, one of the things they were looking at is review response rates. And they found, I think, across the board, there was only 19% of, of reviews that had responses to them, or I think I'm stating that correctly. In this research, the Sochi research, they said that only about 14% of now Google uh, business profile reviews had a business owner response. This, despite the relentless drumbeat of everybody in the industry, that you have to respond to reviews. And it's kind of crazy that these response rates are so low. That was really striking to me. Also speaks to the atrocious uh, adoption of GMB by SMBs, right? I mean, if... Yep. if 
if if an if you if Google can't get an SMB to engage to leave a review response despite all of those notifications saying new review, new review, new review, leave a response. Um, that certainly provides ammo for the decision to shut down the the SMB facing portion of, of exactly. what is now GBTM. Just, so that's what I was just going to say that, and they're shifting everything to sort of the search the SERP, right? I mean, they're trying to get more engagement among small businesses. And TV, TBD is my comment. So okay, we we to be determined. Right. Well, my, you know something I, that you can't. No, I don't know anything. Share. I only, I only know that I have a beer on this, so I've got a vested interest. In them not discontinuing the dashboard, not as it relates they... to SMBs, Mike. The beer, <laughs> the beer doesn't relate to SMB engagement, though. Oh, all right, all right. So, so okay. So, um, uh, happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas, belated Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever your holiday Festivus. is. Uh, pay... yes, Festivus. Yes, I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> Festivus, um, uh, pagan uh, celebrations, human sacrifices, whatever it is you're doing this holiday season. Have a great uh, a great holiday. We'll be back in the new year. And uh, subscribe to Near Media if you're listening for the first time. Thanks for joining David, Mike, and Greg. To stay on top of the latest developments in local, subscribe to our newsletter at nearmedia.co. We'll see you next week.